Welcome to the third episode um, of the B2B Startup Sales Podcast, again with Lars. So uh, Manuel and Lars um, were recording that, that we're, we're having a webinar actually recording that meeting. That's why we, we put that on again here. Um, and it's really valuable. I think it's one of the most important topics in sales, in sales uh, of all of them, especially as a VP of sales, especially as a founder how to be able to onboard sales reps really quickly. I mean, that's one of the probably most three, two or three, there are three or two most important topics. One is onboarding or ramping up. Um, the other one is make, make uh, salespeople as efficiently as possible and help them to really be able to qualify um, their customers well so that they don't spend time on stuff that doesn't need to spend on. And yeah, the, the topic here is really the onboarding part. Um, I hope that helps you to onboard your salespeople faster and then helps you to earn more revenue more quickly. I hope you find it valuable. Have fun. So hi, Lars. Uh Thanks you so much for taking the time today to talk a bit about how to onboard sales reps in weeks instead of months. Are you the co-founder of Expense Robot, uh, who reached 500k ARR in less than six months after the, like founding the company from the business side, before being a top-performing rep at uh, sales at Beekeeper? Uh, myself, like Manuel Hartman, a founder sales playbook, uh, having this challenge and this question pretty much daily from founders. They're like, yeah, it just takes this six months until somebody's performing well as a salesperson what do you think of that so um first of all thanks for having me and um, i think it's a really interesting question because um uh we we have onboarded already uh quite a bit of, of salespeople here and i think if you're using the right tools um you can speed up the whole process i i mean of course uh it, it takes a bit of time until you can say if someone is a good performer or not but I think you can onboard them faster and uh, and having them closing their first deals within like the first one or two months. And that's actually normal here that yeah. they close the first deals in the in the first month. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's great to hear because I talked to some other people also in established sales organizations and they mentioned sometimes takes even longer than six months because the sales cycle is six months to maybe a year in B2B enterprise sales. What do you think is actually the benchmark? How do you measure if somebody's really onboarded? Yeah, so I think I think there's a difference between having someone onboarded that they know all the tools, that they know who is your uh, who is your customer, who is the the right the buying persona, etc. So I think that for me that is onboarded when your uh, when your sales rep knows everything about your product, everything about your ideal customer profile, etc. Um, the moment when a sales rep starts closing um, is, of course, um, part of, uh, of, of, of how long is your sales cycle. So if you have a very complex um, B2B enterprise product that has a sales cycle of minimum six, six months, of course, you cannot expect to um, have someone selling after one month. Yeah. But still, um, there is a time before uh, you close deals where you, where you need to be onboarded. So. I think the moment when you start talking to customers, it makes sense to 
already be a bit onboarded. And what we do here actually is that we already start with the onboarding before they formally join the company. Mm. So uh, we give them a lot of information uh, upfront so they can already read read themselves in. Um, I always tell the people that I hire that they feel free to join any call, listen um, how how the team pitches, how I pitch. And um, once they start, once they get their company email address, um, they get uh, they get an on- onboarding schedule, um, and and that's usually two two weeks. Right? Having and those two weeks stay. Yeah, that, that's so interesting that you actually let them go very freely into the conversations you're having as well, and you touch upon this point of like uh, job shadowing. And I know many sales leaders who say, like, for the first three months, you just come with me and sit there and take notes and learn from the best. And then you start coping me because, like, you've been a shadow and then you try to be an exact copy. How strict do you expect new joiners to basically sell the same way you sell? And to which extent do you take basically into perspective what kind of person they are? So thanks, God, my salespeople are not like me. (laughs) I think we're all a bit different from from our style, how we sell, and I think that's super super important in sales. Anyways, I mean, you have to be authentic when you when you're with the customer. You cannot just you know uh, copy someone else and you know you know sell like uh, Jordan Belfort in Wolf of Wall Street. That's, <laughs> it, it just doesn't fit to the to, to some people, right? So I think it's really important also to give them the chance to to develop themselves, and of course to give them inputs and and to give feedback. And that's actually what we do a lot. We we also we still do ring rings here, and and we do uh, we we pitch to each other. We pitch to other companies here at Techno Park, and and try to perfect that. So yeah. we really work we really work on that on on a, on a recurring basis. So and 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 I mean this goes far beyond the onboarding process. I mean you're never you will always find stuff you can learn, right? But I think yeah, for yeah. the initial for the initial onboarding, it it makes absolute sense to to bring those people to the meetings and also to have them ask questions and to involve them in, in a meeting. Because what you want to avoid is that, that the customer thinks, who is this person and why is this person in the meeting? So well, what's the person doing here? It could just be a panda on a seat and basically do nothing. Like what what's the exactly. value add? And I probably pay with my contract for that person to sit there as well. Yeah. I feel that happened to me a few times and I found it very annoying. Uh, you mentioned both like giving people upfront information to read through, but also do a lot of role plays. If you could use one kind of sales training methodology, A scripts or B role plays, what would you select and why? No, that's a tough one. I mean, it, it depends a bit. It, it depends a bit on if it's a salesperson or a, or a BDR. So I think for for a BDR, it's it's really important to um, to know to know the script. Um, because actually, when you do cold calling uh, all day and 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 cold emailing, you need to know you know your story and everything, and 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 you start learning that script, and then you start you know yeah. making changes and always perfecting it. But for a salesperson, I think it's really really important that they know everything about the product and um, that they know. I mean, all the situation that can happen when you're in a meeting because you're sitting there, you get a question asked and you need to know uh, what do I answer now? So, so do, you, do you feel any salesperson that basically you onboard to the company should start as a as a business development representative, as a BDR? 
uh, just mentioning it because in Switzerland, not everybody's familiar with BDR, AE, CSM, and so on. Uh, and then basically move and evolve to account executive and like closing deals? Or do you feel like you can take somebody fresh from school directly selling deals and closing them? Yes. Yeah, so what, what you say is right. Usually, um, and, and also the state, someone starts as a BDR and then they roast their way up to, to AE. And that's actually what, what, I, what I did myself too. I started as a BDR and then uh, a junior account exe executive, account executive, senior, uh, and so yeah. on. But I think... Um, you know, there are, I know, I know I'm the best BDRs I know are BDRs that want to be in the office and, and work regular hours. And, you know, when they're in the office, they just call and they hustle. And, and those are people that don't like to travel around a lot to meet people all the time to have interactions with them. So I think if you're the type of person who wants to, you know, go on site, go on meetings, go on events, uh, etc., um, it, it you you can absolutely start as an AE. I don't think yeah. it is a must to be a BDR. Of course, it's very good because you learn a lot, and I think every every account executive or every salespeople should know how to generate leads um, by yourself. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that's something I see so many people doing in switzerland that have been like a key account manager for their whole life but if somebody's not feeding them leads like new business like they would starve to death like yes they're a fantastic cook but they don't know how to basically plant any vegetable and i, I totally agree and in north america I mean, please go ahead so what i wanted to say is i mean Closing is, is just one thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, being a good closer is, is, of course, very valuable, but also being a networker or being able to generate leads is, is very, very important. Because And, and that's what you see with many uh, senior salespeople. Uh, they expect leads. You know, they, they want to have leads. Yeah. They don't want to, you know, <laughs> go out there and, uh, and crush it. They want to, you know, of course, they want to crush it, but they want to crush it with uh, the, the qualified leads they get. And I think, um, I mean, of course, and, and that's absolutely fine if you're a, a bigger um, company with inbounds and, you know, qualified leads, that's totally fine. But, I mean, there are still times where you need to, you know, just pick up the phone by yourself and start calling and, you know. Yeah, especially in a startup context, right? Like that, that I see so many startups hiring like a senior sales guy and the guy joins and it's like, where's my script? Where's my playbook? Where's my success stories? And where's my where's my BDR? And the founder's answer is like, well, there are none. Like you're the head of sales, but you there's nothing to head. Like you're the only guy. Uh, you need to generate business. And then the guy's like, oh, I didn't do that for five years. How do I actually do this? And it's a, a huge expense for the startup of 150 to 300 K besides the lost time of like six to 12 months, which is an eternity, which is whole funding round. Sometimes do you ever recruit as a as chief customer officer in your case, as expense robot, like senior salespeople at the given point and when's the right time to do that actually? I mean, we thought about it and we didn't recruit any, you know, senior salespeople yet we we did not actually yeah um because i mean we, we we still do a lot of uh a lot of things on our own um right so we do a lot of uh, lead generation and also um uh i mean also we 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 don't have you know right now we don't have the the need let's say um to um 
you know, to 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 have someone just just closing those leads. I mean, we it's at at the moment at this stage, it's still possible for us to to handle those leads that are coming in and and our outbounds. But of course, I mean, uh, the more we will go into these uh, very large accounts, and um, we will for sure um, hire senior salespeople. But right now, it's um, uh, it's it's myself handling those big accounts. Yeah. With yeah, my background, sense. but I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm absolutely with you. I mean, the, the the moment that you that you grow, that you scale, and you're in like seven, eight RFPs every month. I mean, it makes totally sense. I'm there, totally yeah. with you. But even like Moritz Emizek, uh, like who we both talked to uh, just a moment ago, also mentioned that his experience is that hiring juniors with the ambition and build them is so much a better experience than senior sales people from like large companies like oracle dell emc and so on as they're not willing to hit the phone themselves yes How so much I think, do you hire for, well for i mean i mean at the end it's 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 a gamble that's why i mean of course you can hire a great senior sales guy or or saleswoman and and they do great but you have a risk and and those people are expensive and as we yeah. said before normally you plan like six months where they just cost money and if someone costs you 15 grand for six months, uh, you're short of 100 grand. Exactly. So that's why I would always go the, the the way of, you know, having someone super, super hungry and willing to, you know, really hunt and, and close. Go for that person and and see what, what's happening. Because we, we all were at, at that stage one time, right? Yeah, exactly. And how much do you actually hire for attitude and coachability and like more this cultural fit? And how much do you hire to check the boxes? Like, does the person even understand the word BDR, which so many people in Switzerland don't? So I think that the wording is not very important at not all. Me. I mean, they have to understand what 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 we expect uh, in this job. I mean, um, would you would you hire somebody that has like zero experience in sales and just like like? Any person like a blank slate, I can get the person to become a great salesperson if the person's willing to invest the sweat and uh, basically the coachability is there. I mean, if it fits the budget, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I did. Uh, I mean, we, we had great experiences uh, with that. Yeah. How do you how do you actually test it up from? Because I mean, obviously, the title of this uh, call is like called onboarding sales reps, but how much do you invest in recruiting here? And what are two to three questions you ask to figure out if that person will be coachable and ramp up quickly? Yeah, so I'm happy you asked that question because I think that's um, that's uh, that's uh, the, the same importance than, than the whole onboarding process yeah. because what you do upfront work uh, will be easier later on. So uh, I always do case studies. I think it's very, very important to have, of course, the, the for uh, the normal conversation where you check if this is, is this person a culture fit? Can this person think uh, on their feet? You know, um, how are the how is the characteristics of this person? But also, you know, doing um, doing a, 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 a thirty min to one hour, uh, sometimes two hours. I mean, it depends on the role. But just doing um, a case study, because in this case study. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're hiring an, an account executive, I mean, we do we do a, a, a typical role play where they have to sell Expensabot to us, to the to the to the to the interviewing team. So 
and sometimes it's so so uh, uh, crazy to see how good people can sell. I mean, it, you cannot expect from them that they know the product and they know how to sell it. But the real, you know, salespeople with the right mindset, they will find a way. They will just, you know, try things out and 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 give give everything. And you see how good are they presenting and do they ask you questions? I mean, if you have, I mean, yeah. we had one guy here, and um, he actually <laughs> he actually worked uh, in retail. But when he had to pitch, he was like, "How do you uh, how do you manage expenses today? Can you tell me more about it?" And I was yeah. actually very impressed by that because. The more you know, the the more uh, the better you can sell, right? So I yeah, exactly. that, that's what you want to see. Yeah, exactly. I always bring up the analogy of being a doctor, and um, doctors are very great salespeople. Like they pretty much have a hundred percent closing rate on the pres prescription they give you at the end, and you never negotiate with a doctor on price, right? Because they ask you questions. And I was interviewing for a scale up, like doing seven digit revenue. The, the CEO and founder asked me to interview the maybe future chief sales officer. And the guy was just pitching for 50 minutes, 50 minutes late, which is bad attitude anyways. And then I asked him, uh, are you a lion or an elephant? And I was like, what do you mean? And I mentioned like, well, a lion is there to roar and pitch all the time and basically make everybody respect him. And the lion has very big ears. So he can listen very closely and walk into the right direction all the time. It's like, of course, I'm an elephant. I'll tell you a story, <laughs> which I found very telling because I asked him for it. Do you have any questions? He had zero. And well, he didn't make the role. Actually. I see. I see. I see. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, sales is, a, is not, you know, you want to have a conversation and you don't want to pitch. Yeah. If, if you pitch, you're on a stage with 100 plus attendees. But when you're in a meeting room with like five to 10 people, you have a conversation. It's on the pitch. Yeah, I think one thing I always see, especially like in junior people, but also seniors a lot, actually all kind of salespeople, except of the exceptional ones, is if you put them under stress, it really shows their resilience. And if people feel uncomfortable, they pitch more. Yeah. How much stress do you put on people to build and test their resilience by putting them under pressure? Yeah, um, we do this every time. Um, so. Of course, they, they don't know a lot about um, expense management in general, and they don't have a finance background usually. Yeah. So what I do is I, I also bring one of my co-founders or someone from the customer happiness team, and we will ask the, you know, the very, very hard questions. <laughs> the ones where you also get uh, uncomfy with when you're, when you're in a meeting, just to see how they react to it. Yeah, and, I mean, it's super cool when someone tells you like i'm very transparent i have no answer to this question yet but i will get back to you and i'll write it down i think it's an exceptionally great answer because it gives you the permission to do the follow-up and uh absolutely i consider even if somebody asks me five questions like and i know the answers of all five like to just answer on one of them like i don't know uh may may i talk may i call you tomorrow at 9 a.m to tell you more i get it done absolutely <laughs> Absolutely, totally agree. How much do you feel ego plays a role in people pitching and not being willing to admit that they don't know and just continue pitching and telling bullshit? It's hard to say. I mean, I think I, I don't think it's an ego thing. I think it's more of a of a of, of, of you know you want to protect yourself by just you know pitching and 
you know people always think you know like like not not always but a lot of salespeople think they need to know everything about the product everything and yeah. of course I, I i agree you need to know everything about the product you can but still you're not a, a tech person or or a finance person you're not so it's totally okay to tell someone i cannot answer this question right now i can't yeah. but i will i will get back to you and asking questions to that question like how 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 is the impact if we can do it what is the impact for you is it a, a massive feature for you or or what is the reason why you're asking this question so that i know more where you're coming from i think that's important yeah exactly do you think like regarding the nose to need needs to know everything about the product there's also something as tmi like too much information that a salesperson knows the product too much in depth and gets lost i mean that's i mean of course you need to know everything because you don't always have the same use case the use case uh it's it's different from 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 customer to customer or from prospect to prospect so yes i think you need to know all those use cases and customer stories and you need to know your features but you need to be able to really pitch what's relevant for for that one prospect and that's yeah. why you that's why I do qualification before before you even start pitching because yeah, if you walk into a meeting you get invited there you didn't do any qualification the first thing you ask is what do you expect from tool xy can you yeah, tell me more about it how you do it today and and how does a perfect tool look for you can you tell me more about it and what what do you think about that kind of hunter mindset uh that uh moritz is actually bringing up here like you only need to know enough to be dangerous then he bring in the experts yes moritz i think that's a good point you know why because that's also going back to onboarding sales reps you know the the mistake a lot of you know uh, startups do <laughs> is um that they will only start hunting when they know everything hmm. but i think it's it's you learn much more when you just start you know yeah. uh, uh like we say in, in german uh, in sculpting also spring and just you know go in there and <laughs> and get the experience and and just do it so so how long does it take roughly for i think you you hired three sales reps like two bdrs one one uh, basically account executive and uh, i hired one bdr two to eight or, or the other way around yeah, yeah. How long did it take you to basically be feel comfortable to let them go alone into client conversation? And how long does it take you to for them going alone to a client? Three three weeks. That's short. On average, three three to four weeks. Yes. But yes. by themselves completely by without themselves. you or without. Yes. Yes. Without. I mean, I mean, yes, and uh, of course, uh, in the beginning they and they were able to uh, put me in the meeting like if if something you know went wrong or but you know they did great they closed <laughs> those deals so no i mean uh, i mean we we were lucky because when they started uh, that was um right before corona so we were able to get a lot of meetings um i already i already did some pre-work before they started so i had meetings ready that okay. uh, we attended together and uh, then after I, I think it was three weeks yes they started doing meetings on their own yeah that, so that's way shorter than like six months like on board for six months and then basically go out there and i mean also what moritz is saying you only need to know enough to be dangerous and 
in the beginning you need to know what is the the story what is uh, who is your uh, buying persona and of course uh, the the use cases and then you start with that and when they have specific questions you bring in an, an expert yeah yeah and th th that's always a thing that i see many startup founders especially also triggering hiring before they have the story and the assets and this and uh, the qualification and so in place do you think that's a good thing because it challenges them to create the assets or would you say create the stories and all the assets first and the scripts and only then yeah. hire because you get maximum value out of it so my opinion on that is that uh, before you start hiring and uh, you need to have it uh, done by yourself before you know you need to you need to have the experience um, I mean, why would you hire um, salespeople if you have not, you know, closed any deals or you know have deals in in very um, in very late, late uh, stages, you know, you, before you before you start hiring? Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of when um, you basically do that on about three weeks. That's when a uh, somebody really goes out to client. Um, but yeah, when do you I, put them on a phone to do prospecting to generate leads as well? Is that shorter? It's, or? Yeah, it's day day one, from day one on. Yes. I mean, of course, not everyone feels uh, comfy uh, calling on the first day. Yeah. Um, but we even have one guy interviewing here. Um, during the role play, he was like, I can call a prospect if you want. <laughs> I can do it I, right yeah, now during yeah, the interview. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Cool, and that, that's also when you hire somebody like Junior that's just basically managing the top of the funnel from zero to being like a sales qualified lead, somebody that could be a, a great customer. How do you actually make them see their success? Because you cannot just incentivize them on close deal because yep. that's kind of your job if you fuck up or if you do an amazing Absolutely. job. And um, how do you use that yeah. in a CRM context as well to, so they can actually see if they're successful if they're ramping up nicely? This is a good question. Um, I like that one. Uh, uh, thanks, Victor and, and Manu. So um, I think the, I mean, this is a whole other topic, the whole compensation thing, but I think for BDR, um, it's it's important to measure them in, you know, the sales qualified leads, uh, leads they create. And so qualified leads, you know, you have the right persona, you have, you know, everything, et cetera, et cetera. It's qualified with a quali qualification call. And also, um, I would also put in, um, if possible, um, a revenue contribution. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's important because you don't want your BDR to just focus on super, super small startups because it's easy to get a meeting there, but also on the on the large uh, fish. Yeah. So. And that, that's a bit of a thing with goal setting, not even like compensation, which is down the line, but how do you set realistic quotas for, especially a startup that's kind of fast growing and volatile and basically then detangle like sometimes it's just correlation right like if, if you yeah. bar me or if you like zoom during covid and you set the goals like you achieved them probably within one month instead of three how do you adjust on the fly to figure out correlation causation well i think setting uh, targets as a startup is anyways it's super hard because yeah. um a beekeeper you know they just you know set the goal and then we totally crushed it because we were growing so crazy and i mean that's also not 
what you i mean because uh, every <laughs> every second uh, salespeople gets into the accelerator and you have to pay a, a lot of money for them of course for your sales uh, um, team it's it's very cool but you will have to pay a lot of money so um i mean i think what the the benefit is of of, of startup quotas is i mean when i was at x right i also had a quota but up to 50 percent of of your quota and they didn't pay out anything okay so you had to sell so at least 50 percent so it's like one year vesting if you sign up a, like a startup employee contract to just not be lazy exactly. and then earn half of the money <laughs> and, and and the cool thing about a startup is usually you have a quota and you start earning with the first franc of revenue you bring in yeah so that's that's the advantage and of course it's super hard especially in the first year i mean you do this you say our goal is like <laughs> two million whatever and then you have to break it down uh, to all the single you know to the departments to your yeah, exactly. aes to the bdrs exactly you need to calculate how many leads do do we need i mean you don't even have data from from the past you don't know um how how many times uh, your pipeline uh sh should be from the quota right so if your quota is two million yeah. uh, you just calculate times five so 10 million uh, pipeline for two million uh uh, goal achievement so it's 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 super <laughs> yeah. hard in the beginning so because all these metrics are basically done for established sales organizations who grow by like yeah. 10 to 50 percent and not like yeah for expense robot also for my own business like doing something compared to last year this quarter it would be completely useless i guess because like yes absolutely because, growth yes absolutely <laughs> totally agree with you because also now i mean now that that the team is up and running q2 was was crazy it was crazy compared to q1 before they joined so yeah uh, you really feel the impact and that that's also one thing which kind of is not onboarding but the opposite um sales churn i think i asked you in our first meeting like when physically still like hey how long did you stay with beekeeper and you said like relatively long so what's that like one and a half to two years and i think that was about right if i remember correctly yeah two years yeah so we, which is you consider a long time for a salesperson and i know beekeeper constantly has 20 open sales positions as well uh one person asking here like is how do you compensate um bdrs like business development reps compared to age in the company so do new BDRs actually receive a larger variable compensation than older ones? And how to incentivize people ramping up very quickly versus people for being loyal and like consistently contributing to the company? I mean, it's I think it's a cultural question. Um, how do you want to compensate your employees? Do you want to uh, to to manage them by objectives or do you want to, you know, I, I mean, that's I think that's more of a, a strategic question for every company i mean i think i think the 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 easiest to implement a management strategy is to manage by you know by objectives to have a yeah. target and then have a variable salary uh, and because be, because i think when you when 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 you have a, a very high fixed salary and, and a very low um, variable um you know it's it's just some some people i mean not everyone but there are people that tend to get more comfy with uh, with a large uh, with a large base pay yeah i would even say lazy and which is why i'm quite impressed i think frontify still has like all equal salaries with no variable yeah. component in sales and 
managed to raise like lower eight digit amount and doing quite well which i'm i'm impressed by so, i mean that's i mean that's see that's i i heard that story too and i think that works because of the culture that Frontify has i think everyone there is working super super hard and uh, i mean i'm not saying that uh, only sales is working hard in other companies but it also depends a bit on the culture um and uh and it's quite a, a very modern approach that they have yeah but what, what also i mean Salespeople, I think I, I know a lot of salespeople that want to to have this accelerator thing because once you were there, once you had this accelerator where everything doubled that you closed, uh, you want to go there again, right? So. And with accelerator, you mean like a leverage future in finance that basically yeah. for a certain period of time you're on this turbocharge that yeah. basically like you get thirty percent commission instead of fifteen on deal or so. No, no, like uh, double, double incentive. So, for example, you have a, your quota. Once you've hit your quota, you get double payout. Uh, on on your quota, so it's not like thirty yeah. percent. Like if you close hundred k, you get thirty k commission instead of fifteen k. But exactly. no, 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 that's what I mean. You get thirty k instead of fifteen. So you double the 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 um, you double the earnings, and I think that's important because you you want to you know. And you want to hire these uh, winning mindset salespeople, and that really do everything to get into that uh, into that accelerator. Yeah, I, st I still remember that, like when I started in sales, like door to door sales or on the street, eleven years ago, like summer two thousand nine. At the end of every day, like there were like four teams, five people each coming together, like meeting at a local at Zurich main station or so. And uh, the guy was the overall team lead was basically getting out like fifty bucks cash for everybody who hit quote, and there was literally cash from his own money as a team lead because he could contribution as well like here's 50 bucks here's 50 bucks which is so unusual in swiss sales culture um when you're doing this onboarding i mean obviously there's the crm stuff and the scripting and the demo calls and the role plays how much culture do you also infuse into them like do you go boxing with them or crossfit or playing rugby or like whatever is that competitive and like grinding them yeah so uh we do daily stand-ups anyways so we always meet together um uh, in the mornings and i think that's very important also to you know have a conversation and to you know where are you struggling where are you standing are you hitting quota for this month are you hitting quota for this quarter what are your hot deals where do you need help i mean that's also very important also for me yeah. to know where do they need help is anything um stopping them from doing their job properly and then also, of course, um, lunch. So when we can, we grab lunch together, of course. And also, like we had today, a pitch session with another startup here from Technopark. We just, you know, go there and do these com competitions, pitch competitions. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's and also, also compete against each other. I think a healthy competition in sales is always really good. Yeah. And so what I always uh, have, if you if you go into our HubSpot, into our sales dashboard, you see and the AR leaderboard. That. That's amazing. Thanks so much. <laughs> regarding so, see, regarding the CRM, and it's actually something I'm I'm thinking about putting up like a Hall of Fame leaderboard of like cold email campaigns, for example, and conversions regarding reply and booking rate. Like some clients of me asking that, like, can you put together a Google Sheet with links, and everybody can put it up there. I think right now. The record is like 18 and a half percent booking I rate. Think, I think I even sent you a screenshot of our sequence results. <laughs> yeah. And 
yeah but but it's super interesting to track those uh things and uh yes for the for the closers and AR leaderboard is you know is that one thing where you want to be on the top so 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 you're uh, having an ARR leaderboard which yes. triggers the attitude for people who when yeah. they enter the room to have a big screen or so as like oh shit that's high like so we don't have it on a screen yet because we have a lot of visitors <laughs> in here um but uh, <laughs> every 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 one that opens hubspot sees the ARR leaderboard it's the first metric that you see and yes i think i mean and and speaking of my uh, sales team here they they all want to be on the on the first place and that's really cool yeah that's because uh, they, any any sales rep needs to be really competitive or is it just like the search for excellence can also be a good thing i mean both both it again it depends on on the culture and how you want to grow i mean if you want to grow super super fast i think you need the competitive people to really you know push this um and when you have super long sales cycle a lot of uh, you know explanation and um, you need of course to have the uh, like you say the people that are uh, very you know striving for excellence and you know want to deliver perfectly fine every document i mean if you if you're in big rfps that's what you need and yeah. when when you get invited to an rfp you're invited you're in so you need someone you know to be really you know exact and to you know to 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 to, to treat it like a baby yeah oh, oh you, you you heard the bell ringing <laughs> it's not from my side <laughs> yeah i'm in a box here but uh, someone just rang the bell so and this actually <laughs> again to culture As um, a baby. so we have a bell in the office so every time a deal uh, gets close someone rings the bell and we all start clapping to celebrate the wins congratulations uh, <laughs> yeah that, that's you. amazing still having these physical triggers for it right how much how much do you think this onboarding of new sales reps also needs to be not only virtual on a google sheet and like a crm but also having very physical stepping stones like for example one the the thing like the company i'm running my sales playbook platform on like they sent me like this physical swag how they call it when i hit 10k on the platform and they shipped it from the us i think yeah and um so you mean you mean for customers or or for the team for the team for the team um so uh yeah what what we do is we call it spiff so um the the, the incentives so for example you have quarters end or uh, you have a competition uh where they can just win prices uh for example and also uh yeah i think we i mean we do a lot of cool stuff here we go <laughs> We we have events. We go for for you know we eat we eat dinner together. We go out and uh, of course uh, when when we hit targets uh, it uh, it gets paid right. So yeah, so it's a good and, you see that transferring actually this competitiveness that when you go for eating like who eats the most or the fastest or who can drink the most beer. Do you see <laughs> no, that no, no. Team? <laughs> no, I mean uh, what what we do is. Um, you know regarding the competition we we do competitions every quarter every month we yeah. just set up a new competition and and they they even do it on their own so the team sets up a, a competition on their own so who can um generate the most um deals for this month and then you know they define something and then uh, it's hunting time do, do you and, see when you're recruiting you're looking for all this competitiveness from basically Called competitive sports that, that that are hard to do or like 
and they bring it into sales. Do you also see people from your team bringing that from sales to the rest of the company culture? Like yes. Crowd, like oh, I think uh, I think those kind of people they have a they have a they have an impact on the company culture. Of course, absolutely, and. Uh, I mean, when you're in in a in a in a sales-driven company, um, what what can happen is, of course, that uh, that that you promise a lot of stuff that uh, yeah. the tech team has to deliver, and then, of course, it's uh, you you need to keep this relation with them, and they're doing that really good because you know they also go out for lunch with the tech team, and you know, uh, overall, um, we have a very great company culture here, also um, because of my co-founder Melanie. So she's really also um, pushing the culture. Um, we have an event tomorrow, a company event, the, our summer event, to really you know keep keep the whole team together. And I think that's very important, especially when you start scaling and you know yeah. hiring people like crazy. Yeah, and I think that's where when you onboard sales reps, it's this balance of not pissing off the engineers to put it in mild words, because the engineers always need to build the stuff the salespeople sell. And we talked to Lisa Starita was. Uh, customer success, building up customer success and product uh, marketing for beekeepers, employee number six, who I think you know quite well. And she was also sales-driven culture is great, but it also needs to align with the product. Yeah. So it's not salespeople ringing the bell and the engineers leaving the company. What? How do you balance that when you onboard sales reps regarding the culture? You have to uh, explain the question a, a little bit deeper because uh, right now I cannot give you a a simple answer to that how, to which extent like when you onboard sales rep and you you really drive for this hunger and like always mm -hmm. be closing kind of attitude and like go 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 and how do you mix that with the kind of and not making the engineers angry because yeah. the people sell like too much yeah so that's that's actually my job right now so i tell my team to just go out sell do it do it <laughs> and keep the rest with me so I'm always in uh, in uh, uh, in touch with our tech team, with our CTO, and uh, with our CEO, of course, and our product team, to make sure that when this deal comes through, that we have this integration ready, that feature ready. So we keep track of that. But for me, it's important that my sales team gets everything they need to sell. That they yeah. don't have, you know, uh, to be uh, scared to sell something that we don't have yet, because. So so I mean more that you go to your people and basically say like hey be careful about selling that because it's not quite ready or basically say like go go hunting and then you go to engineering say like I sent the wolves keep build faster <laughs> so um it's 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 kind of both a bit so sometimes we know that an integration takes time or that maybe the other party is not willing to you know to support us with that. So of course yeah. I communicate back to the team again. We have stand-ups every every day. So that's when I communicate these uh, things. But usually what we do is um we sell the integration and then we build it. That's what yeah. we usually do. Yeah, because like you need to ask for the money, right? Uh because yes. otherwise you're onboarding people also. I mean also for our tech team, if they would just build integration after integration and we don't have any customers using that integration, it's just wasted. It's wasted, and yeah. that's why our approach is to you know sell and then build the feature and deliver it. Um, so when we close a deal, mostly there's two months between before they they really start with uh, with the implementation. 
Yeah. I mean, of course, when they need it super fast, we find a solution too. And we also uh, communicate open with our customers, but that's usually how we do it. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's there's always, especially in a B2B startup, this component of time, right? Like when do you sell? When is it basically starting? And when does the customer basically use it? Which might even be a different time. When you onboard sales reps and you're confident, like you invested so much in recruiting, but you see that person might not play out. Like how long do you take before you take corrective measures, including letting the person go? So right now we, we uh, fortunately, we were not at this stage where we had to let someone go here. Um, and I'm very, very happy that, uh, uh, that this all worked out on, until now. But of course, this, this time will come. It will come sometime, you know, that, 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 uh, that you have to let go people that don't, do not perform. And, you know, that's, I think, the beauty of sales because I don't know any salesperson that got fired that didn't see it coming. I think you see it coming. <laughs> and sometimes I totally agree. Sometimes you just don't have the, it's like poker. You have a shitty hand. <laughs> you don't have the right cards. And then you try to play with that hand. And if it's not working, you know, you know, you know, you have to maybe look for a new job. You have to speak to your manager, find a solution. But sometimes it's, it's not working out. I mean, and that's also what I experienced at Beekeeper. I mean, I was there selling like crazy. And we also have people that, didn't perform, but maybe because they were in the wrong industry, maybe because they had a shitty, um, um, how do you say, a shitty territory. I mean, yeah. there are many factors. Sometimes you just have the best BDR, the best, uh, the best territory and the best industry and you sell like crazy and someone else has a shitty territory and, uh, and maybe no BDR at all. I mean, I've seen this. So it also has to do with, with luck and, uh, and I think I think you have to communicate anyways open with your team and 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 do do biweekly meetings. I mean, I have every 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 um, sales sales uh, person in my team. We have biweekly one on ones where we just go through the pipeline, go through their activities, and and look at it, and and then we have open feedback. Yeah. So what do you do if basically salesperson is doing everything right, functioning? They asking you for feedback. It's like, hey mate, I think you're doing the right job, you, but you just didn't close any deal for six months. I mean, if you don't close any deal for six months, you're not doing the right job. Something, you know, something is not right. And then you have to, of course, find out what is not right. And how can, how can you as a manager help that person? Yeah. I mean, that's your maybe, job then. Maybe one last question as we also um, running out of time a bit here. Sure. Is um, a, a business development representative joins your company, goes to some client calls, like does all the right things he's been, he or she's been told but fails how much of the blame would you take as kind of hiring that person and mentoring that person and how much is really the person i mean in the end a very good salespeople they they know how to sell themselves so of course you can do case studies and everything in the end it's it's a person and you can it can be wrong so and of course i would take the blame I'm totally fine with that, um, and you know the life goes on. You need to look for another, for yeah. for for the right person. So you know, just just you know, go on. That's what you, what, what I think. What, what I think you should do in that situation. 
Amazing. Um, any, any last thing, any kind of advice you'd like to give on onboarding sales reps faster, especially as a B2B startup in Switzerland? Yes, get a CRM. <laughs> that's, my, that's my number one tip. Get a CRM from day one and keep it clean and track all your results. Track, uh, you know, have all those measurements like your conversion rate, your, 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 your opening rates of your emails you're sending out, reply rates, everything. So you have as much, um, as much data uh, as possible. So it's, it will be also uh, easier for you to set targets and uh, to achieve them. Nice. Um, from my side, thanks so much, Lars, for joining us. Uh, really interesting insights. I think it's one of the biggest topics here in Switzerland. And uh, yeah, keep up the great work. All the best for your success. And uh, thank you. Yeah, to anybody it was listening. A pleasure um, to be here. Yeah, thanks so much. And uh, for anybody needing expense management, I think it's quite interesting uh, what Lars and his company are building. So reach out. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All the best. Bye -bye. Happy onboarding. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.